What's going on, everybody? Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Lineup Review Show presented by PrizePix. I'm Eric Lindquist, excited to be talking a little bit of the NFL slate from yesterday. Looking forward to a little bit of Super Bowl. We have contests posted across the industry already. We're going to look back at some showdowns from earlier this season. Uh, I think from probably two weeks ago, we'll look at some Ram stuff. That should be a little bit more applicable, but I've got just the guy to do it. And no, it's not Adam Sherrick. You know, he's snowed in in New York, living his life, doing whatever. I don't really know, but I'm excited because I get my boy Loffy. That's Loffy underscore D on the Twitters. I've never yeah. gotten to do this. Host a show with my dude over here. How you how you doing? Good, man. I, I, I did this show like three years running and I miss it. It's a lot of fun. Like, and I actually think it always helped me. I kind of miss doing it because it's it's easy to just overlook this type of stuff when you're already focusing on the next week. So I'm, I, I miss this. Unfortunately, it's the game we're reviewing a week <laughs> with the Super Bowl coming up. So there's not much you can do for me now uh, going forward. But Dude, you're right. Super Bowl lineup or salaries are already posted. Yesterday was absurd. I just can't wait to get to the winner of the 300K uh, conference special because it blew my, it was the most egregious thing I've ever seen. Yeah, the Millie Maker lineup. So just kind of looking at this for a quick second, Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon ended up in the winning lineup for that. I think everything else was kind of routine. Uh, I would say you have that 1% of differentiation for the Millie. But then, as you said, let's drop some acid here. I've never dropped acid in my life, but that is basically- try it. This is it in lineup four. I should try it. Why not? Joshua Tree. It's out like there. some ayahuasca. Maybe do ayahuasca instead. I don't even know what ayahuasca is. It sounds no. made up. DMT. No. Do some D. I'm just saying you might have a spiritual awakening. I could use that. I could use that. I'm a, I'm a new dog all? dad. I'm a new dog dad. I oh, need yeah? What'd you get? We got a Burmese mountain dog. Ooh. He is. They're awesome dogs, man the best this thing is as cute as it gets so when he shits on the carpet i don't care nearly as much but i care a little bit yeah it's, if they keep oh. doing it it's a problem that's that's the thing yeah i just need more than like two three hours of sleep it's like having a newborn i don't know how you have a dog and a newborn i have like a whole new respect for well, such things is this the first dog you've had to take care of very first on on our own i mean this is it is, a puppy it's a puppy he's 10 okay weeks. so Puppies suck, right? Like, no, no, they suck. When we when we had Shelby, she, well, she's a pit. She's sleeping mm -hmm. right behind me right now. But when we had her, we lived in an apartment, and you'd have to walk like fifty yards to get outside, and then you'd have to go down the steps. It was horrible, right? I'd be holding her up like this, running down the, the hallway as she's squirting piss out, and it wasn't fun. They, but but looking back, she's so easy now. All you have to yeah. do is give her a walk, right? You mm -hmm. feed her, play with her a little bit. She's super easy. She's five. Oh, I always thought that was tough. But yeah, that, and, and anybody that has kids, you'll I'm sure you'll know soon enough, man. Uh, it, it, it sucks a lot worse <laughs> having having a newborn, man. I'd have 17 puppies before I do that again. Oh, man. Well, something to look forward to for Eric Lindquist. Oh, yeah. Excited for that. Uh, guys, smash that like button, the subscribe button, the notification bell. Everything goes a long way for us here at Osmo. We're making the search for what? Lofty's over there. He wants 80,000. He wants 90,000. He wants 100,000 here in we'll short order. We'll get there sooner than later. I think we will. I think we will. But we got Jordan Klein behind the virtual glass. He's gunning. He's manning the ship here for us, helping us break everything down here for some of the reviews. Let's get to it uh we're gonna be looking here at the conference special 100k to first a little bit smaller field than you know the millimaker we've got 17,647 entries 
And I think we can just jump right to it. If you didn't have Cooper Cup yesterday, best of luck to you. It was nice for me. I, I found a way to play 100% Cooper Cup on FanDuel and lose money. So that is kind of mind-blowing. The guy outperformed every single person on this slate by 14.5 DraftKings points. Travis Kelsey second at 25.5. I mean, is there how many superlatives can you use, Lafayette, to describe Cooper Cup's ability? There aren't enough superlatives to describe his ability. And people keep asking why he goes uncovered. It's because he's a tactician. <laughs> yeah. and it's the same thing as there's a video on Devontae Adams out there. If you haven't watched it yet, don't do it now. Wait till after the show. But it's him um, explaining his route running, right? Like, mm -hmm. and, and how he's different uh, and what makes him different. It's special. They're special. They're just highly intelligent players highly intelligent route runners. Cooper cup is one of those guys. He's not the most athletic player in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all know that he's just extraordinarily talented at finding holes in the field and getting open. And he, and he does it everywhere as well. Like he can do it in the end zone. He can do it in the middle of the field in the red zone. Like, did you see that? Did you see the route he ran on that touchdown splitting defenders and somehow he was open in the corner of the end zone? Perfect dime by staff Stafford, but still. It was, it was incredible. He kind of, he drew the safety. He kind of froze him by cutting left, did like the little shimmy step, cut out to the right. And there's nothing you can do. There's, there's no, uh, there's not a single thing that you can do in that kind of a situation. And you know, if they have Odell playing at the kind of level that Odell's playing at here too, you can't exactly sell out to Cooper cup. You can't do it. And that creates all kinds of problems for a defense. We saw that with the 49ers yesterday. You're going to have to see that with every team going forward, period, especially if Matt Stafford. I mean, that's that's kind of the Matt Stafford that you were kind of expecting from, from early season form. He's, he's kind of back now, isn't he? Are you willing to uh, are you willing to come to terms with the notion that maybe Odell Beckham can still play and uh, Baker oh. Mayfield may have been the culprit out there, Cleveland, I Eric? I, I definitely do. I definitely did that way. Uh, for those who don't know, on Wednesdays, I go at Matt Gajewski's neck about Odell Beckham on the We had on a the fun daily. season doing all of that. It was really fun. It made for great content. You know, I, that's what I'm here for. So uh, Matt Gajewski, I think, I, I never questioned his talent. I, qu I questioned his situation and his desire to play him at 4,600 on a Browns offense that had no ability to get him the football. I changed my tune very, very quickly after just seeing him get involved. I know it was one pass. It was the first play of his first time suiting up with the Rams. And I'm like, oh, there's there's going to be something here. And it didn't come to fruition for a couple of weeks. But hopefully everybody got on board because, you know, in the absence of Robert Woods, Odell Beckham has been, no doubt, the number two here. They play 83% of the time with 11 personnel. And he is just on the field a bunch. He is going to be a monster. Especially, I mean, does he... He's not under contract for another year, right? He's a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, and he just made a lot of extra. I think he made like 500000 every game they advanced, and they get to the Super Bowl, and it's another five. I think he's made a couple million just in the postseason, which is kind of cool since he's taking his salary in Bitcoin. It's a bit down from where it would have been. That's an oops, actually. Uh, I didn't even think about it's that. It's not. I mean, do you, do, you, do you invest in Bitcoin or in crypto? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... If you've been doing it long enough, I, be, I, I got into it like 2017, right? Not mm -hmm. super early, but earlier. The, it, I, I, the panic that set in when I initially realized, holy shit, like this just, we just saw a 30% dip by the time I went to bed and woke up. Now you kind of just take it and strike. Like, I don't even, I'll look, but I don't panic anymore. So I, it is what it is. It'll be back, right? It'll be okay.
Totally. Well, the swings are just more volatile than they are right. in anything else you're going to be investing in, like in a in a normal sense. So it's it's going to be the way that it is for a while. And I'm not sure that it ever changes from this sort of volatility. But I will say I, I don't see it stopping growth anytime soon. But I bet he wish I bet he wishes he took that contract like a week ago because yes. then he'd be sitting a lot prettier. But <laughs> it is what it is. Well, I was going to say, does it pay him out at the moment of what Bitcoin is? Or is it like locked in at a certain price that that's what it's going to be for his salary? Uh, well, if. Well, no, if you make a Bitcoin transfer, right, it's whatever right. it's worth, I would assume at the time yeah, at of the, the transfer. Yeah. That's what I would assume, too. But these are the finer points. This is what you learn on the lineup review show is I, I just want to know how he's getting paid out and such things. Uh, there's uh, was it. Uh, who was the Carolina Panthers guy that also wanted to get paid? Keekly was it Keekly? Keekly. I think it was Keekly. That and then the, uh, the the Seattle player as well. Um, yep. Uh, oh, and the Detroit player. It was a bunch of them. Yeah. I it, think Sue did it as well. Sue did too. Yep. yep. It's it's pretty cool. But uh, Cooper Cup, very good at football. We're not breaking any news here. Travis Kelsey. 25.5 fantasy points here as well. 48.3% ownership. Both of those guys were very, very popular. Uh, I sided a little bit more with the Kittle side, but I mean, not. I had a crazy amount of Travis Kelsey as well. I was running a lot of two tight ends. I didn't really feel confident enough about two running backs ending up optimal. I took a lot of shots on pass catchers, especially on, on, on FanDuel, you know, where I was kind of targeting for some touchdowns. Thought that that would kind of be the route. I didn't really know how to identify the, the Kansas City backfield. The Rams backfield, I had some issues with. Cam Anchors did get dinged up and maybe bailed me out a little bit. But Travis Kelsey, no doubt about it. He performed the, the way that you would expect him to. And uh, Kansas City, pretty surprising to see them go out the way that they did there in that second half. Sorry, I was trying to, I was trying to bet the Sixers before it went off the board. Joel Embiid resting, right? Yeah, I got it. I got. I, I, got I knew what it. you were doing. I had a feeling. I knew what you. Were I got doing, it. But I'm trying. Yeah. I was trying to bet the Grizzlies, not the Sixers. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. I knew what you were doing. Like the, uh, the Greg Ehrenberg special, because I've done so many shows with him where he just tunes out, and I'm like, oh, Joel Embiid is. Resting. You got to do it, man. Yep. You got to. The books are a lot quicker now, though, at getting them off. A couple of years ago, you'd have a good minute and a half of yeah. of leeway to just jump in on that, but um, you got it in. Yeah, got it. Right, Huge. right at that, right at the buzzer. But yeah, the dude, it the George Kittle thing. I mean, it, it's it's so frustrating because I watch a guy like Kittle and just you know how talented he is, and you mm -hmm. know that if he was getting targeted frequently, he'd just be producing absurd numbers every single week, and it it hasn't been the case. I I, I wish that we were getting. These big kiddo. What did he finish with yesterday? Uh, 10, 10.7 10. Like on DraftKings. Thanks to a, a touchdown. But aside from that, two for 27, man, it's it's been rough. It, it's Travis Kelsey's gone now. So when you look at the Super Bowl and that here, here's what I don't understand. I, I don't want to I don't want to look forward too much because we're going to have just a crazy amount of Super Bowl content. But Higby has two weeks to to improve right mm -hmm. and if he doesn't that means kendall blanton they priced him up forty six hundred dollars in the utility spot uh he's he's the same price as tyler higby so <laughs> gonna be gonna be fun to find some value there. he has a knee injury so i don't know but uh yeah and and cj usama let's not forget about that right mm -hmm. so both of the starting tight ends could both be out well, Usama's going to be out, right? He's done. Mm -hmm. He's done. Yeah. 
it's not going to be one of those we're going to zero out everything and you shouldn't probably be doing that in a super bowl if you're trying to avoid a split now i understand the theory of like if you want to make the chalkier lineups and you're trying to split it a thousand ways in a 480,000 entry contest you can absolutely go that route but I think we're going to be finding easy ways if both of those guys are hampered. You said Blanton got got uh, priced up a little bit, and I can't imagine that we're going to see uh, a lot of Drew Sample that's going to be uh, – what was his price at? Uh, and by It could be an MCL uh, sprain for for Usama, so maybe he'll be back. Seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. but uh, Yeah, it sounds pretty unlikely. But Drew Sample, that'll be another guy. He's we're going to have some pals, it looks like, 4,200. So they're all basically the same price. All right. That's that's really well done then, at least, so that we're not looking at, you know, a $600 or a five, uh, $400 freebie that would be on that bottom end because that's where they had been before. And, oh, we will get to that Rams. Blanton confirmed a thing the last two weeks, which is just unbelievable to say here. But quarterback was very, very flat at the top end. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo had a path uh, towards the end of that game to maybe end up optimal. Didn't come to fruition, but Stafford, Mahomes and Burrow all finished within three fantasy points of each other. A little bit different than these massive outlier performances we've had from Mahomes and Allen throughout the playoffs here. Uh, what do you really think about the quarterback play here? And what are you looking forward to in the Super Bowl out of Burrow and Stafford? Well, it's crazy because now in, in multiple weeks of the postseason, we've seen the quarterback position, dare I say, not matter all that much. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, wait till you see this lineup in the 300K special. I, I, I'll tease it. I won't get there yet, but I will say quarterback kind of didn't matter. And you'll see what I mean in a second. But if you remember in the in the um, the wild card round, we had what was it one day where every quarterback was just pedestrian at best. And and then like the Saturday slate of the divisional round before you got to Sunday didn't mm-hmm. really matter who you had because Burrow and Tannehill and Rogers and Garoppolo all pretty much were underwhelming. Sure. I think you, you saw Burrow with like 16, but you, you see where I'm going. Totally. Um, and, and then again, yesterday, what Burrow had 21 Mahomes looked like he was about to break the slate and then threw for 55 yards in the second half. Yeah. Our friend Chris Baggs posted a, a nice screenshot and it was something that I took advantage of too. Uh, I know that he's doing a lot of different analytics for, for a different company out in the world, we all wish him the best. We love that guy. But uh, looking at the board for for sports betting, like uh, Patrick Mahomes was plus money at a lot of spots for over on two and a half touchdowns, and he hit it in a quarter and a half. Like it was done. Like that that prop was one of the easier props that you could have taken advantage of yesterday. And then oh, it, it looked like a different human being out there in the second half. Great pressure from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um. I haven't seen in a while, especially since they kind of figured their offense out in Kansas City. It's been a, a long time. At, at least I can't remember the last game where Patrick Mahomes was not only running for his life, but couldn't find an open man. You have to think mm-hmm. about this. This isn't one of these teams with with big, hulking, laboring receivers that, that struggle to get open and improvise. Tyree Kill is one of the greatest when it comes to improvisation. You know, Travis Kelsey can find his way open. How many times have you seen Mahomes roll out or scramble and and move around ripping figure eights in the uh, the backfield and still find an open man every single time? Like Hardman has speed. All of these guys do. They can get open. Yesterday, particularly on that, uh, the, the field goal that sent him to overtime, I really thought that Mahomes would find someone, but 
he had to run for his life on three straight snaps. And that's just so unusual that Cincinnati got that much pressure, but also their coverage stayed tight against guys like Hill. Yeah. Well, I think the last time that we saw it was the Super Bowl last year where they had a for broken sure, down offensive sure. line, didn't really have the opportunity to do anything. They did a lot of adjustments in the offseason to patch that offensive line together. I mean, Cincinnati, I think, got a lot of attention just because Joe Burrow had the major injury over last season where they were surprised that they didn't go with a first rounder. <laughs> Jamar Chase looks pretty good in hindsight for the guy uh, that you're taking there in that first round. But uh, it, it was the the Chiefs that really put together an offensive line that, that patched together a lot of the holes with that offense and didn't really come to fruition early. A lot of weird drops and turnovers and things in the early stages for Kansas City, but they got their rhythm towards the second half of the season. I was very surprised to see them come out that flat uh, after a really solid first half. Talks to the, the magnitude of that play where Tyreek Hill gets stopped at the one. Pretty cocky, pretty you know, arrogant to not take the three or to not at least make sure that your miss is in the end zone there. Uh, that play ended up proving costly. I don't think anybody would argue that. Andy Reid, man. Andy Reid. Uh, the best and the worst of times. He is a, he's yep. a tale of two, two dudes for sure. Um, Debo Samuel, obviously 19.8. A lot of really solid fantasy producers up here, but we got to pinpoint the one guy and, and this will be the last part of this segment before we really get down to breaking down uh, the, the winning lineup, some of the exposures from our top guys, that being Alex Baker, Rin Pack, Ship My Money, Adam Scher. So looking forward to talking those lineups. But if you didn't have Samaj P. Ryan, Samaj P. Ryan mattered. He was extremely important in, in order to try to win tournaments. 13.3 fantasy points, missed out on Mixon by 14.5, but running back position was abysmal. The two Bengals being the two highest fantasy producers at the position on the day. I can't remember a type of slate like this where no running back went over 15 fantasy points on DraftKings, even in PPR. Samaj P. Ryan gets one snap, takes it to the house. Absolute house call. What do you think about the running back position yesterday? And he did it on a reception too. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I, I had talked about this last week when we were, when we were discussing, I think it was you and, and Matt and me on the ownership show talking about like, are there any contrarian options? And the, the one thing I said, I think I said it this week too, honestly, was that the one way it happened and I was wrong, obviously, but the one way that, that P Ryan gets there is either Mixon gets hurt or he rips off, and this is my exact words, a 40-yard reception for a touchdown. You and I think this that. was a 40-yard. You defeat. literally said that on the show. Right. Yeah. However, however, I think even when I said that, I said I, 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 this is where I was wrong because I remember saying he could rip off a 40-yard reception. It'll probably one of his, be one of his only few opportunities, which it was. He only had like three receptions, right? Mm -hmm. And only one of them was, was noteworthy. He had three for 43, and I think one was a 40-yard touchdown. So his other two went for a combined three yards. So I was like, even if he were to get that one for 40 to the house, it's probably not going to be enough. That was with the understanding that, as you pointed out, these other running backs would not all be terrible. And they yeah. pretty much were. Smash AP Ryan ownership projection. We had at 4.9%. I think it was actually a little bit lower earlier. I think it went a little bit higher towards the end of the day yesterday, kind of trended up and, it was just, it was hard to look at lineups and find ways to get different. Well, he ended up coming in at exactly 1% in this contest. He was basically 1% to 1.5% on every single site, in every single situation. 
you know, I hadn't been, hadn't seen over like 20% of the snaps in forever. It, it, it was Joe Mixon's backfield, but somebody that I took a lot of shots on because I thought there would be some increased opportunity was CEH. Uh, it was still Jarek McKinnon for a majority of it. And I, I found that to be very, very frustrating, even in a very positive game script. The guy averaged 8.6 yards per carry in his first game back in a while, only played 30% of the snaps in the divisional round, but I was very surprised. You know, he ended up getting five, uh, five fantasy points. But when I saw that he was under 25% owned and Jarek McKinnon was like 35, 40% owned in a lot of tournaments on DraftKings, I was pretty excited about that. Obviously, if you didn't have Mixon, you didn't have P. Ryan, you were in a lot of trouble. And I had the Mixon part, but P. Ryan gave you the savings to get to multiple pass catchers. Uh, anything to kind of take note of with the Kansas City backfield, other than thank God we don't have to deal with it for the Super Bowl. I still think it was the right decision. And, and maybe, maybe that's just the, the hill that I'll, that I'll die on and, and be wrong because it happens often. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, it, here's the thing. It's, it's not like McKinnon was that good either. Right. He, he was, mm-hmm. he was once again, okay. So we didn't need a huge game from Clyde Edwards. Like if Clyde Edwards, a just got into the end zone, we'd be having a different, he didn't. Right. So we're wrong. But mm-hmm. If, if I'm if, if I'm expecting him to pull half the ownership of a guy in Jarek McKinnon who has literally had one good game this season and was a non-factor, was not part of the backfield for most of the year, it's it's a chance I'm willing to take. So, yeah, he, he Edwards Allaire averaged six yards per attempt again on, on six carries. He was targeted twice to McKinnon's four. So he saw half the workload of McKinnon, and that sucks. Uh, it didn't work out. And he didn't get into the end zone. But going back on a two-game slate, would I do it again? Sure, I would. And here's a perfect reason why. I mean, Samaj Pirine just won someone a million dollars. And granted, his ownership was was certainly lower than than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, like very, very low. But Edwards-Alaire was still getting half the ownership of of McKinnon. So I didn't want to overload on on Edwards-Alaire, but I definitely wanted some of them, sure. Yeah, I, 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 I probably overloaded to a place where I probably shouldn't have. But again, it was a, it was a stand that I was willing to take. You got to find ways to get different on two gamers, and you're really gonna have to find ways to avoid a ton of duplication in a showdown. Give yourself more paths to more money. I think that that's always going to be a better strategy in the long run. Doing things a little bit differently. Uh, one thing you don't want to do differently if you're in New York, and that is not take advantage of the promotions that we have going here. And in that state, we have Louisiana as well. Alex Baker has a great article going right now for all the sports betting content you need for Louisiana, for New York. Take advantage of these massive offers. There's things like, you know, bet $10, win $200 at different sports books. They have a free NBA jersey for betting $100 at Caesars. I know there's a $1,000 risk-free bet with BetMGM. These are massive promotions. They're going to go a long way for you if you can take advantage of them right now. There's no better way to be profitable in sports betting then taking advantage of free money offers. Now, you've got to be able to, to manage the bankroll, be able to figure out, well, we have the tools to help you be a successful sports better here at Osmo at oddshopper.com, where you can get all of the best bets on the board for NFL uh, Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to be having two weeks of content coming up here. I promise these are the advantages you need to have to be successful at sports betting. And now you have the promotions put all together in one place, by the team here at Osmo, by Alex Baker himself with that article. Check it out. Use all of these. These are no-brainer promotions. I think that's why it says no-brainer there at the top. But take advantage of it now here and promise you 
it is going to be the way that you can be profitable right out of the gate is all of these free promotions. And thank you so much to the team here at Osmo, kind of putting everything together for us so that we can find it in one easy to use space. All right, my friend, let's head over to. Hey, can I ask you a question oh, real quick? I'm ready. Would you say the reason that you went with a lot of Clyde Edwards Alaire was because among all of the running backs, it was the one reasonable semi-lower owned pivot that actually made sense pre-flop before lock, like a, a, not a P Ryan or, a, or even a Michelle. Yeah. For me, a lot of my NFL strategy for, you know, especially for slates that last for two days, like last week was waiting in the wings with a ton of lineup spots and being able to react to how players did in the moment. Now, Derek Henry having 0% of him worked out. Um, I don't know how many times it works out if you play that game a hundred times, especially because he played more than I expected him to, but uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in this early window of games, Cam Akers, I had more uncertainty than I think most people did about what that workload could look like. Sony Michelle has been a very serviceable back. I didn't know coming off of two fumbles, whether or not he would automatically just get absolved of his duties, but I was very high on Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. I had talked about that constantly all week, and that was my favorite stack, and I was basically 3x the field on, on Stafford and had 100% of Cup, but uh, looking at the board, I needed to find some ways to get different and figure out some different paths. Now, it ended up being Pirine at 1%, but one way that I thought I could avoid a lot of duplication was just changing Jarek McKinnon at a more expensive tag to a cheaper Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And uh, again, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I thought, could get more of the workload. And I would say that their roster ships ended up even closer than what I was expecting. 21.3% uh, was our ownership projection we had on Hilaire. He ended up just a slight, slightly more popular than that. McKinnon ended up slightly less popular than his 41.2%. So maybe if I had known what those numbers were going in, I would have been For a sure. little bit higher on Jarek McKinnon and probably gotten more around the field on him there. But pre-flop, looking at nearly a 20% difference, I thought it was kind of a no-brainer. For sure. Yeah, that, that's what I was, I was figuring. So totally. No, I'm, I'm, I love that. I love that point by you because it makes me feel like I'm, you know, th that I lost money with hundred percent cup and it's not the end of the world. Cause last night I was like, you got to be just, yeah. <laughs> that was rough, Ugh, whatever, but guys smash that like button here as we're going, we have Lofty D doing some, anal uh, some analyzing for us today. That makes Fun, this man. a special morning. Come on now. This is, this is too good. Uh, always doing the Wednesday shows, always enjoy it, but excited to be kind of just hosting and talking through this with you here. Let's talk this winning lineup because <laughs> I think you have some opinions on it and it's, it's, it's going to be pretty fun to hear, but uh, looking at, let me just pull up all lineups here are Richardson eight thirteen. So when he, when I say that he went into the backwoods, did some acid and came out again, this is what I'm referring to. We have Joe Burrow, Eli Mitchell, Samaj P. Ryan. We're talking a Joe Burrow single skinny stack with Samaj P. Ryan, where P. Yep. Ryan gets his reception house call along with three Rams in Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Kendall Blanton, that he could have stacked up with Matthew Stafford instead and actually had some viability there, but he didn't. He played Blanton at 1%. He played Samaji Pirine at 1%. He spent 49,600, which is kind of surprising. Again, he still had a massive amount of ownership in the lineup, even with two one percenters, but lower than most lineups were on this slate because of two one percenters. And the Bengals defense to round it all out. Travis Kelsey played in the flex. I'm not going to have the discussion about flex and tight end. If you're just building one lineup, 
and you already have Blanton in. I don't really care. Like you probably aren't going to be pivoting to anybody there anyway. But you know, some people want to always point out, oh, he didn't have the maximum uh, like swapability there in the flex spot. But my dear God, what is there to say other than wow? It's crazy, and I, I think the reason I think the reason that that's important is because. If it's someone, even somebody hand building that's been doing it a long, long enough time, they're still not going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. They're still not going. to, I mean, I, I, I don't think you would. If you're hand building, even if it doesn't seem like a big deal, like you, you don't need the swap. You're going to, to optimize it just in case. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But I'm saying that, like, it's if you're building one lineup, obviously, I all I talk about is late swap because I think it's still such a, such a weapon, especially NBA DFS, but NFL, I think it's very, very underrated. Just getting the ability to change and react to different circumstances as you get more information and, you know, more information can be injuries or inactives, but generally what it is, is it's reacting to how your players are performing relative to how other players are performing. So as the game gets going, you're able to watch Burrow and P Ryan, you know, in NBA, you're able to watch the 7 p.m. Eastern time games tip and you're able to react to how those players are doing. If you have a guy like, you know, Cole Anthony, who goes for 30 fantasy points in the first half, you have to make adjustments maybe at a guard position. But people don't think about that. I, I will say when you're hand building one and you already have Kendall Blanton in, I don't think it's a huge deal to have 400 on the table simply because you know, 3,100 wasn't going to get you anything on this slate. No, I, right. All I'm saying is that he didn't know what he was doing. And that oh, further no kind clue. of elucidates the point, right? <laughs> yeah. like, it it that, definitely gaslights what you're saying for sure. Yeah. And I mean, congrats. Seriously, I, I have, I have no ill will towards someone that just binks like this. It's, it's, it's no doubt uh, frustrating because you go through the analysis and you're like, my God, how does this happen? But <laughs> Right, because you never would have come up with this lineup. I, I could have given you, you I, I could have had you crunch 10,000 lineups and you still, I'm serious, you still would not get to this. 100,000, no, I think. 100,000. Yeah, right. There's just no way because you have a Rams onslaught without Stafford. I, three pass catchers without the quarterback is is crazy, especially on a two-game slate. I mean, and, and, and Burrow was more expensive than Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. So it, it was kind of like, I, I don't know. It feels like a close my eyes and pick type of thing. I'd love to understand the thought process on this, but I'm not sure uh, that it would, that it would bring any further clarity to you or myself. So here it is, man. 170. What was it? 172 DraftKings points. 172.1. I, I will say if you pull up number two, can we pull up humpy five uh, humpy five? That's just a great name. It's just fun to say. Humpy Five finished second here in this tournament. And this lineup is just like at least rational. And it's different. Obviously, if you have Blanton in there, it's going to be very, it's going to be more clear cut. Um, let me go all lineups here. Humpy Five. We're looking at his where he has Stafford with Cup, Odell, and Blanton. Blanton in the flex. You have Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and Mixon. He didn't even have the right running back up top here he had a layer like i did uh you know jarek mckinnon less so i mean this thing is a very rational i am very surprised this this wasn't duped 49 800 you know obviously three pass catchers with stafford you know the bengals defense going up against ceh and kelsey on a on a four game or a two four teams two game slate having the bengals defense at the cheap end 
made all the sense in the world to me because it's simply one of those spots where you don't even need pick sixes or anything. You just need all of the defenses to finish within a certain range of outcomes between three and eight. And I thought that that was pretty likely gives you access to different builds just because that defense 11% is still part of your lineup, still part of your ownership share. It's the second lowest owned uh, position on the entire lineup. So what do you think about this one? I had a lot of Bengals defense. I was really just hoping that, you know, all of the defenses wouldn't put up exactly. big scores, you know, because mm-hmm. that happens a lot in the playoffs. Uh, this lineup looks good to me. I, I don't have any issues here, right? You, you, how many lineups did he, he only played one. One. He played one entry. Okay. Played one entry in this and over. Yeah. I, I guess I'm surprised it wasn't Duke, but the, the Kendall, the Kendall Blanton thing was, was big. Let's Huge. not overlook the fact that Kendall Blanton had it, had it not been for a Tyler Higby injury, we wouldn't be seeing any of this, right? No. Like this was, this only came to fruition because Higby got hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and when did he go down? Do you remember exactly when he went down? Uh, it was, it was the first half. Definitely. It was probably towards the beginning of the second quarter. I think it was because he could like went around. They, Oh, it was after they got uh, stacked deep in the punt. Um, yes. they, San Francisco punted it to like the one. And then it was the first running play and he got ran over on that. Okay. So like so, sec- beginning of second quarter. So this lineup makes sense because maybe Blanton gets that rogue touchdown. That's the hope that, you're not playing for Higby to get hurt. You're playing for what we saw. What was it? Three weeks ago or so when Blanton had that, that rogue touchdown, that's mm-hmm. pretty much what you're going for here. And I get <laughs> it. I have no problems with that lineup, but okay. So last week, Higby played 97% of snaps to Blanton's 11, hundred uh, percent of snaps. The other, uh, the week before that, that was week 19 in the wild card round. Blanton played 20%. So a little bit of of, of overlap there. And then yesterday Higby only played four, 18% of snaps. Blanton played 79%. So normally you're getting anywhere from 10 to 20% of snaps here. He played almost 80 and uh, it worked out for some people pretty big, pretty gigantic. And coming off a touchdown last week, maybe somebody could land on a 1% guy. He's obviously been on the field when it mattered in goal line situations before he had the touchdown last week. He had no touchdowns this week, but obviously so much more volume. Humpy five, congratulations on the most rational winning lineup uh, on this tournament. Totally for sure. fine lineup. So totally fine. But our Richardson, we need to have a chat. We need to have a chat. You, know, yeah. you, you stack hey, real, your cash, your 100K, and you know we'll have a chat. Real quick, no runbacks on that Humpy lineup. No, just straight. Which, which makes sense with San Francisco. Uh, I will say, if you're yeah, expecting them it. to be running the ball a ton, um, in, in regardless struggled. of game script, uh, Garoppolo has been struggling. I think if there was one team not to run it back with, I would agree. I think we would both agree it would be San Francisco. Yes. Yep. No doubt about it. All right. Yeah. And no doubt about it. Prize picks is somewhere you need to be playing as well. Daily prop contest. They're the sponsor and have been the sponsor here of this lineup review show this entire season. Lafi, prize picks two, three, four, or five. Play. You simply put those together into a lineup. You can up to 10x your entry fee. It's so, so nice to know that you can not have to be perfect and still win money. You can go four or five or three out of five, and you can still make some money back on your entries. Whereas a traditional sports book, like out there in PA, like out there in Pennsylvania, you still have to go five out of five on any of those props. So a nice way to be kind of differentiating your portfolio in sports betting 
and in DFS playing over at prize picks. No sharks, no optimizers, no mass entries. None of these three cats we're about to be talking about in a second, talking about some of their roster ships here. But also, one free month of Awesome Plus Platinum when you sign up right now at prize picks. Simply download it at the App Store or Google Play or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up using the promo code Osmo. Get one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum when you sign up and make a deposit with them at Prize Picks. I'm really looking forward to having some, some cross bets. I mean, the, the Sunday of the Super Bowl, we just go a little bit crazy, and it's, it's a great kind of crazy. You can do cross sports. We've been talking about like women's European basketball. They'll have prizes, like they'll have lines posted for that. We have golf back in, in session. We've got MMA. We've got so much tools and content to help you be profitable in multiple sports. And you can put that knowledge to good use over at Prize Picks. Thank you so much to them for their sponsorship this entire season of this show. All right, let's talk some exposures of our guys. Our three guys in-house here. We've got Osmo. We've got Rimpac. We've got Ship. Looking at Osmo, 81.3% Cooper Cup, highest owned player on the slate. That makes me feel smart because, you know, Osmo is pretty good at DFS. 70.7% Cam Akers. He was really a guy that was jumping in our tools all week long, positive leverage to be had. He ended up even a little bit lower than we had projected at 52.2% there. 54.2% was his pre-flop ownership projection. Uh, Joe Mixon, 65.3%. I, if I had to guess, I mean, I had almost like the exact same type of builds. I was lower on Cam Akers, higher on CEH, but seeing Cup, Seeing Mixon, those were two of my big stands. Glad to see Alex did the same. Uh, were you on board with us yesterday, Lafay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I wish I had a little bit more Cooper Cup. Uh, but I'll tell you, I played a good amount on Yahoo, and he, it was actually really tough for the first time in a while to make lineups on Yahoo. Agreed. You know, did you play at all? Yeah, forty dollar Cooper Cup, and then Joe Mixon thirty three dollars. But he was the most expensive running back by ten bucks, and I played yeah. a lot on Yahoo and. I thought it was going to go really well with all the Cooper Cup, but uh, there were still some builds. You, I, I didn't have enough Kelsey over on Yahoo yesterday. It was tough. I, yeah. It was tough to to get to all of those guys, but um, yeah. And and it, dude, Cooper Cup, they already have. There's already some like Prize Picks already has a prop for him, 109 and a half yards for, for the Super Bowl. That's how good the guy is. But yeah, him and, and Mixon, it was kind of just you had to and. Mixon, to be fair, really wasn't great. It's just nobody else was good. Cam Akers was uh, a huge, a huge disappointment. And I think he only had two more carries than, than Sonny Michelle. Nobody else came through. Eli Mitchell, where was he? Uh, Debo Samuel had the first three rushing attempts of the game. So just all in all, it was tough. And then McKinnon was okay, right? Like McKinnon is one of those guys that's going to be in a lot of the top lineups just because he was not expensive and he had a decent performance, but yeah, Mitchell, all of them underwhelmed Cooper cup was, was the main piece. If, if you didn't have Cooper cup, you weren't getting there. You can't give up a 40 spot uh, and, and try and salvage elsewhere, especially if you were, were getting to, to three running backs in a lineup, then you were just done. But Lofty, he didn't put over 23 fantasy points together in either of his appearances against the 49ers earlier this season. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, a truly ridiculous thought. Who cares? It's, 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 the same people that saying like they were saying Jawan Jennings was a phenomenal play because he did have a good game against LA before it, that stuff, and, and it, it doesn't make a difference. Like it was the third time these teams faced each other. 
I could have made an argument in, in both directions for any of that. Uh, really, when it comes to Cooper Cup, it's just he's an elite talent, uh, and I'm going to bet on him anytime against the defense. Yep. Oh, man. Did you, did you bet that game at all? I did. So I had actually teased – I teased them. So I, oh, I, I teased uh, Cincinnati to 14.5 and, and San Francisco to 10.5. Getting okay. above the – it was – it put me in a good spot. Now, early on, I thought I was like, man, this I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. They were down by 18 points. Uh, I could have just, I could have just parlayed both of them on the actual line. Yep. It good. Oh God. Yeah. I, I should have probably, I, I didn't feel did good about, no, I did not. I, I went nuts last week when three and one with dogs and just kind of took this weekend you know, I, I didn't want to go trying to double down on anything. I didn't have a great feel for for betting them. All I know is that hook in the afternoon evening game. I, I think I had a million guys in my group chat that I, I go back and forth with that bet the three and a half on the Rams and just lost their minds. Um, so it's it was just a really difficult slate, I thought, for betting. I thought it was a great slate for DFS purposes. And obviously that's what we're here talking right now. But I just was curious because it, it really set up as an interesting betting spot where Kansas city, you could have been live betting Cincy with points the entire way. The second half, if I wasn't on the NBA live before lock show, I'm pretty sure I would have been doing that after that huge play at the end of the first half. But um, Kansas city got the kickoff though in the, in the second half, didn't they? Uh, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. Either. Uh, yes, they must have, because I'm pretty sure Cincinnati started with the, the game with the ball. Yeah. They started the game and they scored right out of the gate. Right. Kansas City, you mean? Uh, Cincinnati. Oh, did Kansas City score first? In the game? Yeah, in the game. 7 nothing. I don't know. I know okay. at one point it was 7-3 and then 14-3 <laughs> and 21-3, I just, but I don't remember. Yeah, I'm just always trying to bet when, when it gets a little out of hand like that. I thought since he sure. would have been a fun live betting spot here too. California, get your shit together. Holy cow. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Osmo. I love his lineups. Rin Pack, my dude. He always makes for our favorite follow here on the program. Uh, there's times, Loffy, where the man will play 100% of a dude on an 11-game slate, and conviction. it's just glorious. He does have conviction. I will say, not a lot of conviction here this time around, but that's all right because, you know, it's a guy that's making 150 lineups. He found some little pieces of differentiation at the bottom, played like 2% Kyle Use check, 2% of Samaj P. Ryan. He was the only one of these three that got to any shares of P. Ryan and you know, if you were chalkier and you landed on like a Stafford Cup type build, you had shots with P. Ryan to move up a board a little bit, but um, not really anybody that he took a large stand. You don't see any bright green. You don't see any bright red. Uh, other than CJ Uzoma, he was underweight by about 11, 12%, but that's not crazy. Uh, looks like just his highest portion. He really went towards Cincinnati, Mixon, Higgins, Chase. Uh, kind of surprising then to see that. You know, it, I, I don't see what his ownership was on Joe Burrow here. Where is Burrow? How much Burrow did he have? I was looking for that. I didn't see it. See, that's surprising to see three Kansas City skill players. And then Burrow is down here. Okay, so he was basically oh, he at is. the field 28%. Surprising to be, you know, overweight to four Cincinnati skill players and then be underweight on the quarterback. So maybe that's one thing. But otherwise, you know, it's a, it's a slate, a two-gamer. Makes some sense if you want to be flat in some spots, but I'd probably get a little bit more aggressive. Uh, I, I will have that discussion with a top 10 player and let him know my feelings about that. I, I probably won't do that. Let's be serious. Uh, <laughs> ship my money here. 93.3% Patrick Mahomes. 
Uh, he had to feel pretty good after the first half, and then he was in his hotel room crying in the second half, probably. He um, DM'd he- me uh, that he had a ton of Pringle, and he just hates that guy because it never works <laughs> out for him. So I'm assu- I think he had like 50% Pringle. He did. He had 54.7% Pringle, 29.1% ownership on that guy. I loved Pringle. I, I thought he was a really good play. He's been the bona fide number two there, but Hardman just finding new and unique ways to screw over everybody at times. Uh, he ended up getting, he did get that touchdown catch as well earlier. No, he ended up not getting that touchdown. Hardman yeah, had did. a touchdown. Yeah, he had that little touchdown. He had the running play last week and he had the touchdown this week. You kind of need that to break Byron Pringle's way, and it just did not this week. So uh, that was problematic, 3.6 fantasy points. But otherwise, he was just very, very invested in Kansas City. Hey, if they were the if they had the highest total on the board and you just want to go massively overweight on a two-gamer, yeah, there's going to be times it doesn't work out for you. But there's a lot of times that it is as well, Lafay. For sure. And, and one of the spots where I went wrong is I had I went heavier on Van Jefferson than, than Hardman, just hoping that the fact that he's playing almost 100% of snaps and running routes on every single drop back would finally pay off for him. And it didn't. Even though Jefferson had five targets in that game, it's like him and Stafford just cannot connect, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. They just have not been able to connect. Five targets at 3,900 and, and, and two deep balls to boot. I'll take my chances there. It just, you know, it never, it never came to fruition. Meanwhile, you look at Michael Hardman still only played like 45% of snaps and I was targeted fewer times than, 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 than Pringle or sorry, than Jefferson was, but he ended up getting that touchdown and that was all the difference there. So um, Hardman was not by any stretch a bad play, but with those value options, sometimes, uh, you know, when they pop off like that, as Hardman did, it's it's going to be hard to overcome. Although he wasn't in the winning lineup, Mm-mm. but that's well, because the guy had Blanton. Right, he went Blanton, and you know there were paths where you could have ended up on three of the studs. I mean, Odell Beckham outperformed him, Cooper Cup outperformed him, so you had three Ram skill players, or sorry, two Ram skill players along with Stafford on the top end, and then T Higgins. People had Samuel, and if you played Blanton, he gave you so many savings, like twenty seven hundred right. there, tight end gave you that ability. You still needed to have Kelsey more than likely. So you needed to have the two tight end combination. You know, you had the second most fantasy points on the slate, but if you landed on Blanton, you probably had access to get up to the combination of cup and, and Beckham. Whereas, you know, anybody who played just Kelsey did not. Well, if you look at the third place lineup, first and second had Blanton third place Mm -hmm. had Hardman. So it makes sense. And they also had Beckham and cup and Kelsey in there as well. Wildly different roster constructions for top three lineups. Would you agree with that too? I mean, I haven't seen oh, yeah. it's just wildly different and quarterbacks. You could have mixed and matched. You needed to land on Odell Beckham and Cooper cup. And so more than likely Matthew Stafford around the industry was the guy, but you still had opportunities for if you stacked up Mahomes with Jarek McKinnon, Hardman, Kelsey, and you kind of avoided the Hill, uh, not landmine. Cause I mean, he definitely played serviceable, but uh, definitely couldn't have been a winner because of the salary you needed to get to other guys, specifically Cooper Cup. But uh, definitely a definitely a unique slate in terms of uh, where you could have landed on certain guys. You just needed to find either a path to P. Ryan or Blanton, which is so weird to say out loud. You know, it's funny. You know, in baseball we talk like a, a five three one. Mm-hmm. You know, 
this was, or sorry, five, two, one or four, whatever it is. Uh, this was a, a five, the third place lineup is very good lineup. Five, three, one Rams. Grant, I'm not talking. I'm just <laughs> shooting the I shit here with you, but no, five Rams, three chiefs, mm-hmm. one Cincinnati. So it was just a ton of Rams, a lot of chiefs. And that was it. Yeah, that was it. Oh, it, it's a really good lineup. I think, you know, obviously I think so too. chiefs, chiefs defense uh, up against only one skill position player. Again, if you didn't have max one, max two for, for defense, at least yesterday, I don't know what to tell you. Cause I think you got to just open it up on two gamers to allow position players up against your defense. That shouldn't be a surprise to anybody who's been watching this show a lot here, but congrats to all those guys on the top end here. It was nice to go over the last two gamer here. We have, we have like three minutes left, four minutes left. I just want to quickly, uh, do we have awesome hall of fame here? Jordan, is that queued up here for this morning? I've got Lafayette on. I got to make sure that I'm attentive to my hall of fame. <laughs> oh, it's not it's updated. All good. We'll do it later. We'll all do right. It we'll get it. The NBA show. All right. I just got to make sure that I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do. Here. Killer job the- hosting, man. Boss, man. I have my moments. I have my moments. Smash the like button, at least for Lafayette. Analyst Lafayette here today on the panel. Absolutely love things. You love to see that. Let's give a quick preview towards what we're looking at here for the Super Bowl. Now they've taken down a lot of the fantasy cruncher stuff from the Super Bowl last year. I'm going to see if we can't find a way to get some of it. I think it'd be very useful for the next two weeks, but I know you guys have all been playing showdown constantly. It's become just the rage in the last couple of years. So I don't think it's going to surprise anybody. Pricing is already out on DraftKings, I know, and that's going to be something we want to look forward to. Let's look at Rinpak, my boy, my dude, my co-host on the NBA Slate Starter Podcast. Let's look at his Rams victory here two weeks ago. It was 400K, uh, uh, 400K prize pool, 100K up top, $12 contest there with that Blanton dart that worked out as well. Looking at his winning lineup, Cooper Cup and the captain, huh, you needed that again this week. Blanton, Fournette, Stafford, Evans, Scotty Miller. I think that we're going to see something very, very similar to this over on prize picks for the Super Bowl already. Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford. 275 plus passing yards expected in this one to pass happy offenses. I couldn't be more excited to play showdown because something similar to this lineup could definitely be what you're looking at for the Super Bowl winner. You have 1700 left on the table. You have a uh, Fournette, a running back, of course, but he's got pass catch, uh, pass catching role there and two other pass catchers that ended up optimal in this with no quarterback on the other side. Waffy, I think this could be a sign of things to come for the Super Bowl. Yeah. What do you think Cooper Cup's captain ownership is going to be? High. Very, very high. What's what do you have to pay? Okay, 17-4. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it's not as cro- cost prohibitive as what I was expecting it to be. I it's thought it's not crazy, no. I thought they were gonna come out and you were gonna have to pay like a Lamar Jackson on showdown type price for him. 17-4, basically making him 11-6. We've seen more extreme pricing in Showdown before. Yeah, no doubt. And now I just wonder, like, can you go Cooper Cup at captain without Matthew Stafford? You can. I, I think there's going to be paths for it, especially if, I mean, I can tell you the game script right now. If you have, you know, 14 or 17-14, or, or if it just goes in under, and, you know, that's not a crazy outcome. Sure, the total's going to be higher than that, but... 17-14, and he gets both touchdown catches. 
there's no way Stafford's going to be probably optimal still with 13, 14 fantasy points. Right. You'll have kickers, you'll have running backs, you'll have a lot of other access to guys that you wouldn't necessarily need to stand, uh, like slam in an expensive Matt Stafford. Well, I'll close my season out by playing Van Jefferson again and having having it kill me once again. So that'll be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun for us to talk about like where you go with value though. That's we we're you're gonna have to find something. Let, let, let's be clear here. When Rinpack won that with with Kendall Blanton at minimum salary, right? Mm-hmm. So Blanton's salary now is is juiced up. Everyone's up there. So you're looking at like a Ben Skoranek or who dropped or, a touchdown pass yesterday. Yeah. On his only target. Samaji P Ryan's a little bit more expensive. So with the Super Bowl and knowing that knowing that snap counts are going to be even more condensed than they've been just like a rotation in the NBA playoffs gets narrowed down to like seven, eight guys. Well, we're going to have to, we're going to have to find some <laughs> diamonds in the rough or find ways to go a little bit more balanced. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. And I know we're going to have content going for NFL here this week. Still. Uh, I think that there's still going to be some opportunities next week's going to be really the week. You're going to want to tune into everything that we have going here at Osmo. It's going to get crazy. We've got pro bowl special. You're going to be talking pro bowl this week. I know on Thursday with, uh, with Matt Savoka, Makajewski, my Sunday, my live before lock partners in crime. Hell yeah, you are this Thursday. I'm looking Ugh. at it. Yeah. Get excited. Uh, by the way, secret to the Pro Bowl for those of you DFS guys, play tight ends. Just play a ton of tight ends every single year. Play tight ends in the Pro Bowl. That's I have nothing to say that I, I've never played a Pro Bowl slate. Oh, get excited. I, I've had, I mean, it's weird to say, I've had some really good days. I know I won the 5K on FanDuel. They had like a 5K up top contest on FanDuel last year um, for, the, for the Pro Bowl. Took that down. So that All was right. fun. No one, was saying that there, no one was saying that there is an edge. So I'll do some research and get back to you on Thursday. How's that? That's that sounds lovely to me. Just play tight ends. Just just go on stream and say that 45 times until people don't listen to you. But it Easy seems enough. to work out every single year. It's pretty crazy. But later today, we've got a lot of content waiting in the wings for you. We've got Odd Chopper betting show talking Super Bowl stuff already. Already. That's going to be fun. That's you and Ben uh, coming up this afternoon. And we've got that NHL strategy show. We got Jake Hari back on the airwaves. That's fantastic to see. Five Gamer for that. And the NBA Deeper Dive. You and Adam breaking everything down before Josh and Greg on the Live Before Lock show. Fun 8 Gamer. You've got only an hour window between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern time for all of these games to lock. Haven't seen an 8-game slate like this before at NBA. Should be wild. Make sure you tune into that. Thank you so much here to my buddy, Jordan Klein there behind the virtual glass today. But Lafay, let's get ourselves out of here. Any final words for the people? No, man, I'll be back uh, a little bit later. And we got the deeper dive. No Joel Embiid got some pretty significant injuries. So let's have some fun. He's Lafay. He's so excited about breaking down the Pro Bowl. I'm Eric Lindquist. I'm excited I, just didn't I don't know have I was. to. I'm excited I don't have to. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>